Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Set them up and the Spartans will knock them down. That's been the case for almost two full seasons at Missoula Sentinel. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Top-ranked Sentinel Spartans continued their quest for a second consecutive Class AA State Championship, yet another statement win on Friday night. Sentinel won for the seventh straight time this fall, including the fifth time against a ranked team alone this season with a 32-0 win over number three, Helena Capital. That marks the 17th straight victory dating back to the beginning of last season for the Spartans. Adam Jones rushed for three touchdowns and Zach Cruz threw a fourth to senior Easton Ledbetter as Sentinel secured top seed in the West with one game remaining in the regular season. Held a high one for the third week in a row to move back in the top three in the Treasure State Media Poll by dispatching Missoula Big Sky 42-7. Kate Holland scored three total touchdowns as the Bengals moved to 6-2 overall, dropping Big Sky to 2-6. After an 0-4 start, Great Falls High continued its late surge, winning for the fourth week in a row by getting past building senior 23-7. That moves the Bison to 4-2 in Eastern AA play while dropping the Bronx to 3-5 overall. And finally, Billings West kept pace, rolling to a 49-20 win over number five, Great Falls CMR behind a pair of touchdown catches. Future Bobcat Taco Dowler. West is now 6-0 in Eastern AA play and 7-1 overall, while the wrestlers are 5-3 after their second straight loss. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
So, how I feel about all of you. I want you all to be happier. Hopefully this show makes you happy. It makes me very happy. Welcome back. It's Nuana's Now, 1029 ESPN Radio, maybe SWX Montana. Television's where you're watching. I am Coulter Nuana's, and I'm broadcasting to you from the Northwest Motorsport Studio. Northwest Motorsport. It's got Trucktober rocking right now. Trucks, trucks, and more trucks, and you can get them at as low as a 1.99% APR financing right now to check out the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. Visit nwmsrocks.com. That's nwmsrocks.com. Missed anything in the first hour of the show? Great conversation about a variety of things, including the looming and omnipresent shadow that is the history of the University of Montana's athletic department and the way that that influences and, and perhaps hinders certain elements of the football and women's basketball programs. We also took you around the state for our prep extra, high school football and high school soccer. By the way, side note, these Sentinel girls are up 4 nothing right now in their playoff game. Uh against Kalispell Flathead. So 4-0 four, four Sentinel leads in the uh, opening round of the Class AA state playoffs that begin today. Then we also heard from Johansi Humphrey. If you want to hear the entire interview from Johansi Humphrey, go to Grizz Greats, the 20th anniversary of the national 2001 National Champions. You can subscribe to that one. Five episodes out so far. And uh, you can also hear that excerpt, as well as the rest of the first hour of the show, on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. We bring now back Andrew Houghton into the show. He's our producer here at ESPN Missoula, also a longtime contributor and writer at SkylineSportsMT.com. He's been helping us out for in a variety of different fashions here at Missoula Broadcasting Company for the last couple months. And uh, Andrew, before we get back into some talk about the Big Sky Conference, got to touch a little bit. I know you're a big baseball guy. Baseball playoffs are going on. I'm trying to care. I am caring a little bit. I've been following a little bit, uh, and I will tell you this. The thing that I care about the most is the series that's transpiring right now in which the Atlanta Braves lead 2-0 to zero in the series, and then they lead in Game 3 of this series 4-2 to two, against the reigning world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. I care about this only because uh, I don't like good things for my good friends, and I can't stand the, the prospect of Riley Corcoran and many of my other Dodger friends. And if, you know who, if you're listening, you know who you are. I just, I just, uh, the, the, the buy the championship model in baseball makes me queasy. I don't like it. I know it's the way that it goes, uh, but I just really want the Braves to knock out the Dodgers. Pretty shocking that they're up two to nothing right now. It is. It is. You have to wonder if that San Francisco Giants series took something out of the Dodgers because that was one of the greatest series, especially five game divisional series. Man. Well, it's because it was between a team that won 108 and a team that won what? what, won what 107, 106? Like, this I is think it the, was 107 and 106. I mean, historic win totals. I mean, like top 25 win totals of all time. And also they played each other 18 times in the regular season with the division on the line the entire way up until the last game of the regular season. And then you look at some of the pitching matchups in that series. I mean, Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Logan Webb was incredible for the Giants. That was, I, I watched a couple of those games. The intensity of those games in the first round was, man, it was right up there with a lot of World Series that I've watched. So you have to wonder if that's taken a lot out of the Dodgers. I don't like the Dodgers either because uh, my first love in baseball was the Arizona Diamondbacks, although I'm not as serious. I did not know that. Really? 
Interesting. The the well, John- Andrew's from the East Coast, from DC. So, yeah. uh, how did that become? Just because they were sort of new when you were a kid. They were the new thing. They had, like, yeah. the cool colors where they were, they like, the, the teal and copper and everything. Well, I mean, I've always been sort of a fringe down. I mean, I'm an Indians guy, and then my second favorite team is San Francisco Giants because that was, like, the first game I went to. My mom's from the Bay, so I went with one of her brothers. But I would actually say the Diamondbacks probably my third favorite team because my family's from Arizona. They were new. Like, they, when they came out, I was, you know, a kid. And uh, they have cool colors, like you said. I love red. It's one of my favorite colors. And uh, more than anything, though, the Missoula Osprey. Right, definitely, because they were a farm team in the Diamondbacks for the longest time, so you could see those guys if and when they made it to the majors. When I was growing up, when I was really young, Washington, D.C. didn't have a baseball team. Right. Because they didn't move there until 2005. Right, the Senators when I, had left and then not returned until you had then left Washington, D.C. then, huh? Or I guess you'd already f- picked your affiliation. Right. I, 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 I'm I a Nationals fan now, but they were always my secondary team because it took a while for me to sort of latch onto that. And the Diamondbacks in the early 2000s were really, really good. So they were on national TV in the playoffs. I mean, those Johnson, Schilling, Luis Gonzalez teams, uh, they, they were pretty visible. And I just, you know, I liked the colors. I liked the, the logo. I liked the players. And, and I was a kid, and that became my team. I love it. What, what's the scoop with the rest of the baseball playoffs? I guess I, I can just look it up. But, I mean, I know that the Dodgers are the favorites for sure, but they're not right now with the fact that they're down uh, 2 to nothing Right now in the American League, uh, the Boston Red Sox and the Houston Astros are playing out. That's uh, game three tonight. Game right? four tonight. Or game, game four tonight, excuse me. The, the uh, Red Sox lead the Astros 2-1. to one. So we got our NL and our ALCSs, and... Uh, as of right now, the two heavy favorites are not the teams winning the series. I, I Wouldn't you agree that the Dodgers and the Astros are certainly favored in these respective series? At least they were before uh, the other teams took the lead. I agree. I think, uh, you know, the Dodgers have really dominated baseball the last couple of years because, like you said, they always had the money. When they hired Andrew Friedman from out of Tampa Bay and to be the GM, Andrew Friedman was a guy who won without a lot of money, and now you give them the biggest budget in all of baseball. They have the money side. They can sign whoever they want. They can trade for whoever they want, as they did with Mookie Betts when he got too expensive for the Boston Red Sox. But they're also so they're very good at developing pitchers. They're very good at finding contributors like Chris Taylor, Justin Turner for cheap. They've got everything. <laughs> Just you go want. look at the Mariners, man. Just get the Mariners guy, and he'll go hit game-winning home runs for you. Exactly. Sorry, that's a cheap shot, but I have to. Because <laughs> there's a lot of Mariners people out here. I had this conversation last night uh, when I ran into somebody that, uh, when I was on my way to the Grizz Fan Pod. They're saying the same thing, you know. Mariners just cannot figure it out. And I'm coming around to this a little bit. When when these four teams got to the league championship series, I was kind of down on it. I wanted some new blood. I wanted to see the, the Rays or the Brewers or the Chicago White Sox in there. Sure. I was kind of like, oh, man, I can't believe we're getting these four teams. Kind of coming around to it now. I mean, Braves, Dodgers, two of the great franchises in all of baseball history. Astros, Red Sox, I mean, same, same thing. Not the Astros so much, but teams that have been really good recently getting to see him in the playoffs. I'm kind of coming around to, to liking that a little bit more. No question. Andrew Houghton joining me here. Colter Nuanas. It's Nuanas now. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to flip the order up a little bit because we want to highlight some of our uh, outstanding performances from across the state uh, this last weekend. So we're going to dive into our Treasure State Stars, and then we'll come back around to our conversation about the Big Sky Conference, specifically my Big Sky Conference uh, power rankings.
for the, the current week as we're about towards the midpoint of the uh, Big Sky Conference season. Thursday Stars, by the way, a lot of this is football-oriented because um, there's just so many regular season events for, like, volleyball and soccer and cross-country that sometimes it's it's a little bit more difficult to parse through all of the, the results and stuff like that. So that's not to make an excuse. We will be having full-fledged coverage of, of all the postseasons for all of the fall sports, that, whether it's cross-country or boys and girls soccer, uh, as well as, of course, football, volleyball. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. That'll be very fun uh, for us. Uh, but just a football-heavy Treasure State Stars today, I guess, is all that I'm saying. So our Treasure State star, number one, he's Cade Holland. He had three total touchdowns. That's Helena High. They stayed hot, 42-7 to over Missoula Big Skies. Three wins in a row for the Bengals. Bengals were out to a good start. They lost a couple, and now they've ascended back into the number three position and this week's Treasure State Media Poll, thanks in part to Cade Holland and his three total touchdowns to help the Bengals pass Missoula Big Sky. Treasure State star number two, Jake Casagranda. What a great name. Love it. He's also, I believe, an outstanding baseball player. That name is uh, pretty, uh, com- I should say common, but there's been some Casagrandas at Bozeman for a little while now. I remember writing about those uh, that last name in the newspaper. But Bozeman High beats Bozeman Gallatin 38-35 in Casagranda. He's the quarterback. He threw three touchdowns, including two to Jackson Cotton. Also, Luke Smith scored three touchdowns, including a 53-yard fumble return for a touchdown. So, Jay Casagranda and his Bozeman High teammates, Treasure State star number two. Treasure State star number three, his third appearance on this list. This kid, is he's one of those interesting ones where he's a really good athlete, and I think that he could maybe go do track in college, maybe by throwing the javelin. He's also one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Montana. Unfortunately for him, there's a couple other quarterbacks in the state of Montana that have gobbled up those in-state scholarships for that usually the Cats and the Grizz dole out. Usually one or two quarterbacks from the state of Montana gets an opportunity to play that position at the college level. All that to say is I think Isaiah Klontz from Billings West is going to have a decision to make because I do think that if he wanted to pursue javelin at the, the collegiate level, I think he could definitely do that. But I also think that he's a good quarterback, and I think he could play in the Frontier Conference, I think. And if he kept getting better, I don't know. I don't know what his ceiling is, but he's having a great year leading Billings West, and he uh, tore it up again on Saturday, excuse me, on Friday, as Billings West rolled past Great Falls CMR 49-20. Klontz, the senior quarterback, threw four touchdown passes, including two to Taco Dollar. Taco Dollar, by the way, a future Bobcat. So Isaiah Klontz, our Treasure State star number four. Treasure State star number five is the entire Fergus Eagles team, Lewistown. They went to Billings Central and they won against the number two team in Class A, 21-14. That is the first win by the Golden Eagles over the Rams in 35, count them, 35 years. Lewistown has great sports tradition in certain sports, particularly volleyball, one of the best volleyball programs in the in the state. And they've had some success in other sports. They've had a hard time getting it going in football. Well, they got it going now. They're going to be a top-five team this week in, in whatever poll there is about Class A because the Eagles are 6-1, and one, including 3-0 and oh in their conference, and uh, a win over the number two team in the state, nothing to sneeze at. Treasure State star number six, Tyson Rostan. I, I don't even, I've lost count. I got to take my shoes off to count this high. Guy's been on the list pretty much every week. He's a future Grizz, and he is ripping it up for the Hamilton Bronx. Rostad threw five, count him five touchdowns, and also ran for a sixth touchdown. 12 for 15 for 324 yards. <laughs> That's pretty good. 12 completions for 324 yards. 
Scoring strikes of 55 and 57 yards to Eli Taylor. He also threw touchdowns to Liam O'Connell, Tim Zonder, and Lucas Lant. So Tyson Rostad helps the Hamilton Brocks move to 7-0 and the number one team in Class A. Charter State star number seven, Cody Schweikert. He tossed a couple touchdown passes and also ran for a third. Columbia Falls takes down number five, Whitefish, 35-19. Columbia Falls now 5-1. The Bulldogs 7-1. That was their first loss for Whitefish, so that's an impressive win by Cody Schweikert and the uh, Columbia Falls squad. Columbia Falls is a team to be reckoned with. I think they actually have a chance to come out of that Northwest and, and make some noise in the playoffs. Several good teams up there. At the Class A level, Columbia Falls, Whitefish, Polson, they're all offensively explosive and uh, all having good years so far. So in Class A, it's sort of rotated between the east and the west, but the northwest hasn't really had a piece of the pie since Whitefish's last little good run about seven, eight years ago. So we will see uh, if the northwest can make can send some teams to the playoffs that can contribute to maybe shaking things up a little bit at the Class A level. Our next Church State star Rex Williamson from Malta. He rushed for 237 yards and scored a pair of touchdowns. Malta remains undefeated with a 37-6 win over Glasgow. That's number five versus number six in the Class B ranks, but Malta's the one that stays undefeated. Williamson helped hand Glasgow their first loss of the season. With those 237 yards, he had scoring runs of 50 and 14 yards. So Rex Williamson, Treasure State star. And Treasure State, our last Treasure State star is Blake Shoup from Florence Carlton. He caught three of Pat Duchesne's five total touchdowns. Duchesne threw four touchdowns and ran for a fifth, but three of those touchdown passes went to Blake Shoup and the Florence Falcons, seven in a row. They're 7-0. and They're in sole possession of the Western B, and uh, they are the number one team in Class B after a 54-7 win over Whitehall. So there you go. Church State Stars is presented by Parkside Credit Union of Missoula. Whether you're looking for some financing for... A car, maybe a home remodel, a home equity loan, whatever loan you're looking for, Parkside Credit Union in Missoula is your place to go because Parkside Credit Union, they love to say yes. They also love supporting the youth of our communities and all of the Treasure State stars that we highlight each Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. It is ESPN Radio. You are watching on SWX Montana Television. I am Coulter Nuanas. We're going to take a break and come back and talk all things Big Sky Conference, give you our Big Sky Conference power rankings, and uh, also continue our conversation about Montana, Montana State, the rest of the Treasure State. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home in Missoula Sports Center. Set them up and the Spartans will knock them down. That's been the case for almost two full seasons at Missoula Sentinel. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Top-ranked Sentinel Spartans continued their quest for a second consecutive Class AA state championship. Yet another statement win on Friday night. Sentinel won for the seventh straight time this fall, including the fifth time against a ranked team alone this season with a 32-0 win over number three, Helena Capital. That marks the 17th straight victory dating back to the beginning of last season for the Spartans. Adam Jones rushed for three touchdowns and Zach Cruz threw a fourth to senior Easton Ledbetter as Sentinel secured 
top seed in the West with one game remaining in the regular season. Pulling a high one for the third week in a row to move back in the top three in the Treasure State Media Poll by dispatching Missoula Big Sky 42-7. Kate Holland scored three total touchdowns as the Bengals moved to 6-2 overall, dropping Big Sky to 2-6. After an 0-4 start, Great Falls High continued its late surge, winning for the fourth week in a row by getting past Billing Senior 23-7. That moves the Bison to 4-2 in Eastern AA play while dropping the Bronx to 3-5 overall. And finally, Billings West kept pace, rolling to a 49-20 win over number 5 Great Falls CMR behind a pair of touchdown catches. Future Bobcat Taco Dowler. West is now 6-0 in Eastern AA play and 7-1 overall, while the Rustlers are 5-3 after their second straight loss. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Buckingham, little Fleetwood Mac bringing you back here on a Tuesday. Love me some Lindsey Buckingham picking that acoustic guitar. Fleetwood Mac, one of the greatest. Love them. One of the all-time great bands. Hope you enjoy our eclectic music collection here at Nuanas now. It's one of my favorite parts about the show. Welcome back in. It's ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Right now, Andrew Houghton, our producer here at Nuanas now, as well as uh, contributing writer, SkylineSportsMT.com, and uh, man of many trades here at Missoula Broadcasting Company. Andrew, before we start talking more about Big Sky Conference football, have you seen Jasper Rinalda? R- Rinalda, I believe, is his last name. He is a true freshman from Montana State who stands, hello, seven foot four. No, where's where's he from? He is from Corvallis, Oregon. Well, so he went to high school in Corvallis, Oregon. His parents, particularly his father, is from the Netherlands. So he, his father though, then played at Oregon State, and then I believe just lived in Corvallis after college. But then this kid went to high school in Corvallis, but then did a postgraduate year at the Donner Academy in the Netherlands. And that's how Montana State initially found him. He basically went to a prep school, but abroad, internationally. And uh, Montana State, famously, their associate head coach is Chris Haslam, who was a great player at Wyoming, but he is from the United Kingdom. He was the head coach of the UK uh, U18 team for several years. So Montana State's had uh, quite a few guys, actually, from Great Britain. Until they got Harold Frey from Oslo, Norway. So they have that sort of uh, Western European corridor, some of the maybe non, uh, like you think of European basketball, I think of Italy and Spain and, and uh, you know, Greece, not necessarily Netherlands and Norway, but they have sort of that Scandinavian area on lock. But if you've ever seen Chris Haslam in person, Chris Haslam is one of the biggest men I've ever met. Uh, and I saw a picture of Jasper Rinalda next to Chris Haslam and it is silly because Chris Haslam is a full 611. I'm not even going to say how much he weighs. He's a gigantic man. And Rinalda's like a whole head taller than them. This got brought to my attention because uh, I was looking on uh, social media and there's a picture of Xavier Bishop, Montana State point guard who is famously 58 like on a good day maybe 
and Jasper and Nalda sitting next to each other, and then they had sort of like the the here and now versus Manute Bull and Muggsy Bogues when they played for the Washington Bullets. Usually, I think that kind of stuff's corny. This is hilarious because it's actually like almost the same. Regardless, uh, there. I mean, there, there's your uh, there's your tidbit for the day. The Bobcats have a true freshman center who is seven foot four. I, I I can't imagine what his prospects might be. You just assume the guy at seven four if they could play at all would be. Not in the Big Sky Conference, but maybe the connection is just the connection, and maybe the, I don't know. But uh, he is certainly the biggest person I've ever seen in real life, and uh, he will definitely be the tallest basketball player. I think I think it's safe to say he's the tallest guy in the history of the Big Sky Conference. A little bit of basketball talk on Nuanas now today. I, I love it. I the, know we're getting a little chill in the air. Starting thoughts starting to turn towards the the gyms, the squeaking of sneakers, the bouncing of basketballs. Just had to bring in a little hoops talk, didn't you? Had to, man. I submitted preseason polls for the women and men's side. I'm sure you probably received those polls as well. So, uh, yeah, I submitted those yesterday. So maybe we'll break those down here in a little while. Actually, that'd be fun to do with uh, maybe Sean Rainey, uh, who, by the way, Sean's not going to be able to join us this week. I know you guys have gotten used to hearing from Sean on Wednesdays. But uh, Sean has a, a ton of going, ton going on. He's trying to run all over town and shoot all these high school soccer pl- matches. So, shall we be back next week? But tomorrow's lead guest will be Brooks Nuanas from SkylineSportsMT.com. So, we'll talk some NFL and, of course, some Big Sky Conference stuff as well. So, stay tuned uh, for that. Time now for Around the Big Sky, presented in part by Skyline Sports. Go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. Skyline Sports every day, every season. It's your one-stop shop for all things Big Sky Conference, whether it's podcasts, analysis, news, Features or photos, Skyline Sports. Sketch covered. Go check out SkylineSportsMT.com. We lead our Big Sky Conference conversation with <laughs> quite a thing that happened uh, in Cheney, Washington on, on Saturday. Uh, we had the game up on the, the live stream because I usually like to put the, the other game that's going. You know, if Montana, Montana State's playing at the same time, I put the cat game on if I'm at the Grizz game. I put the Grizz game on if I'm at the cat game. Uh, the Bobcats had played the night before against Weber State. So uh, during the Grizz game against Sac State, I put the uh, Eastern game on just to, you know, glance at the score from time to time. Well, the score changed every time I looked at the screen because Eastern Washington just had this unbelievable onslaught, a program record 29 points in the first quarter alone. Eric Berry threw four touchdowns in the first quarter alone. Eric Berry had 600 yards passing and seven touchdowns by the end of the third quarter. And Eastern Washington had 64 points going in the final frame. Aaron Best calls off the dogs, so to speak. But he already had 64. They scored one more. It's 71-21. Uh, Eric Berry is ridiculous. His numbers are out of this world. And uh, I just uh, I couldn't believe the performance because Eastern's good. But you're not supposed to beat your rival by 50, especially when they score three times. You're not supposed to beat any other team at this level by 50 <laughs> points. I mean, if, right. we're, if we're speaking about it honestly, you're just you're just not. And that's as much on Idaho as it is. I mean, it's not on Eastern Washington at all. Eastern Washington's offense is built for doing that. Like, there's no – he did take Eric Berrier out late, took the starters out late. Of course you do that. But there's no reason for you to stop running your stuff if you're playing Division One college football late in the game. Just a, a, a mind-bending score. I mean, I think that both of us before the game would have taken Eastern Washington by, I don't know, 30 points probably? Probably, yeah. But to see something like that where you score three touchdowns and you still lose by 50 is uh, shocking. And I think the... Uh, 
You know, the thing with Eastern Washington, if I can get off on a little tangent about Eastern Washington here, Eastern Washington does that to teams. I mean, that's what Eastern... If you want to be skeptical about Eastern Washington, you you say that's what Eastern Washington's offense is built to do. It's built to hang 60 or 70 points on teams that can't hang with them. Right. Because if you can't hang with Eastern Washington... Eric Berry is hitting a 50-yard touchdown pass on every drive. That's what's so crazy is that you could say on one hand, um, Montana, their defense got exposed more than it has all year when they gave up 34 points. On the other hand, you could say that's as good as you can play against the Eastern Washington defense if you're committed to sending pressure like Montana because – Actually giving up 35 when the dude actually can throw seven or eight touchdowns, is <laughs> you're, you're actually doing about twice as good as your peer opponents, right? No doubt. And that's what I was, I was going to bring up that game talking about Eastern Washington. I mean, the, the knock on Eastern Washington is like, can you do that against a good defense who's going to win one-on-one with your guys? Sometimes they're going to bring pressure. They're going to force you to change up a little bit. And that's what I think was my biggest takeaway about, you know, we don't want to talk about this game too much because we've talked about it for hours already on this show. That was my biggest takeaway from Eastern Washington's win over Montana because they were able to look like Eastern Washington for, you know, a fair part of that game, right at the very start, and then, of course, the fourth quarter, they looked like they were playing Idaho because he was hitting 50 yarders every possession. Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Andrew Houghton joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. He's on the other side of the glass. If you're wondering why I'm sitting on my uh, not-normal side of the glass, it's because I like to look at the people I'm talking to but it wouldn't be nearly as fun if Andrew was just staring at the back of my head. Uh, Andrew, Eastern's averaging 54 points per game at this exact moment. Eric Berrier, his numbers are stupid. He has a passer rating of 191. Uh, I think that perfect is like 194 in college football. I mean, he's he's into the, the stratosphere of being nearly perfect. He's completing... of his passes, and it's not as if he's throwing 14 times a game. No, Uh, he's thrown 280 times. He's 194 for 280. He's got 3,067 passing yards. This is seven games and 28 touchdowns. So his average game, Eric Berrier's average game, is 23 completed passes for 439 yards and four touchdowns per game. That's his average game. If by chance, I and mean, here's the other thing, is Aaron Best knows, Eastern Washington head coach knows, he, he has adamantly proclaimed that Eric Berrier is the best player in the country every single time he addresses the media. He's so enthusiastic about it, he pounds the table. It's not like the symbolic pounding on the table. Aaron Best actually pounds on the table. This is the best player in the FCS every single time he gets in front of a, a camera for a press conference. And he's not wrong. But that said, he wants to affirm that to everybody in the country. Which I think is a great attitude. It's an absolutely great attitude, and it fits so well in the modern day. Eastern has a, a three-game stretch that's a powerhouse stretch coming up. Everybody thinks they're the front runner in the big sky. They are, but they have to prove it now because they got Weaver State coming to town. They got Montana State coming to town. They got to go to Davis, and then they got to go to Portland State. So this is not an easy schedule down the stretch. I would actually venture to say that that is four of the six or seven best teams in the league to finish the season. So, that said, though, if and when Aaron Best smells blood, they're going to continue to lighten it up. 
I don't know if it's even possible with over 600 yards against Weber State. I really don't think it's possible to score 70 on Montana State. We'll see. But what I'm getting at, though, is if Barrier continued this pace, what is the ceiling in terms of national exposure? Because the dude is going to run away with Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Year. He's going to run away with the Walter Payton. Or if, they, if they coincide, he throws for 430 yards a game and throws 50 touchdowns, and they go undefeated, he's running away with the Walter Payton Award. Could this guy sneak in the Heisman conversation? This was what I was going to ask you. Is Eric Berry going to— That's ridiculous hyperbole. Right. But, but, if, but no, here's the thing. If there was an FCF, SCS player who was ever going to sneak into the Heisman conversation right. to get votes for the Heisman, it would be a season that looks exactly like this one. Yes. Yes, it's absolutely true. He's going to he's going to win the Walter Payton by a ridiculous margin. I saw a tweet this weekend. Southeastern Louisiana has a great quarterback, Cole Kelly. Cole Kelly. He's putting up numbers down there. Great numbers. He's also a uh, a hot NFL prospect because he's left-handed, which actually hurts him, I think, at the NFL level. Yep. But he's six seven and he can run, um, and he's got pedigree too because he started his career at Arkansas. He's a great player, no doubt. I saw, saw he, won, he won the Peyton Award in the spring, right? Yes, with yep. Barry a second. I saw a tweet from southeastern Louisiana this weekend saying, Cole Kelly, Walter Payton Award candidate, ranks in the top in, in every passing category. And it was completion percentage, parentheses, first. And then every other stat, it was parentheses, second. Touchdowns, yards, uh, like rushing yards by a quarterback, whatever. Big plays, second, parentheses. And you're like, okay, well, we know who's first in all those categories. I don't think it's going to be a close race for the Peyton. I would love to see him. And all it takes is one mention by, you know, like Bruce Feldman writing a column on The Athletic, somebody writing a column on ESPN.com, being like, man, what about Eric Berrier? Could he get votes for a Heisman? And that would raise it to such a different level than what we're talking about right now. But like I said, I think that if you were drawing up a campaign that would get an FCS player attention like that it would be exactly this one and we know that Aaron Best is going to keep the pedal to the metal with that offense I think in part because he did finish second in the Walter Payton voting in the spring uh he's trying to reestablish that program a little bit as one of the top programs in the country and of course it helps when your players people are talking about your quarterback as a potential Heisman vote getter this is where the big sky misses Jeff Choate because if Barry lit up Montana State then Choate would tell Feldman about him because he would use it not only as a, uh, a way to promote the league, but also a way to like give himself an out. Like, hey, Bruce Feldman, write a story about this guy so that everybody knows how good he is in case they slay Montana State. That's complete speculation, but it is true because Choate was good for the league in that element, getting him on the national platform. You see Bruce Feldman's column today about potential replacements for Nick Rolovich at Washington State? Of course, Jay Hill and Jeff Choate's names are on there. Why of, wouldn't they be? Of course. Okay, we're not going to talk anything about the Nick Rolovich situation in Washington State because I know you're not here for that. You can get that from all the the talking heads. Uh, And I'm not going to give you an opinion on where I stand on what happened there in Pullman other than what a sign of the bizarre time that we live in because what a hill to die on, man. I I just, the the fact that it reached the point that it did is is mind-blowing to me. Regardless of which side you're on, I think it's stupid that we have sides. But regardless, I just, I just uh, I couldn't believe that that's the situation that it ended up in. But Nick Rolovich out at Washington State, so we'll see because that'll be a jab with a lot of um, familiar names uh, from this region and uh, with Big Sky Conference ties involved for who could potentially replace. 
Let's talk a little Big Sky Conference power rankings. We've been unbelievably busy here. We have uh, shifted our content model at Skyline Sports a little bit. Um, we've been doing a lot more multimedia. We're still doing a lot of writing. I appreciate Andrew and Tom Stuber and uh, all the guys I got helping out for contributing. Of course, our awesome photographers as well. But I used to do a Wednesday deal where I had my Big Sky Conference power rankings in the written word. And I just haven't been able to carve out the time because it does take quite a while to pound all that stuff out. But now, here on Nuanas Now, duration of the of the stretch run here in Big Sky Conference play, we're going to continue to do, or I guess start today and then continue throughout the rest of the uh, the fall to um, give you our Big Sky Conference power rankings each week here on the show. So my Big Sky Conference power rankings right now, as they stand, I'm just going to go like, I, I give you my top seven because I think that those are the ones that really have. I guess here's what I'll do, actually. I'm going to give you my bottom five because I think that there's not much uh, argument what, uh, unless it's like the ordering of the bottom five. But if you're nine through 13, who really cares? You're at the bottom of the league. I would say bottom six here looking at your list. Okay. So, well, but I think that there's a, 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 a tier here. So, okay, give, give me your take on that. Let's, let's, okay, so, it. so my bottom, t- my bottom tier is Northern Colorado, Southern Utah, and Cal Poly. I don't think either any of those three teams can beat any team in the league except for each other. I, I just, I don't. If there was, I have Cal Poly at 11, though, ahead of Southern Utah, and Northern Colorado, because I really don't think Southern Utah, and Northern Colorado could beat any teams. I'd say Cal Poly would beat both of those teams. I also think Cal Poly has a chance to maybe, maybe beat a team that they're not quote-unquote supposed to beat because I think they have a really good coaching staff. So, uh, But, I mean, I just think those three teams are definitively the, the three teams that are the least competitive in the league this year. You agree? No argument, yeah. Okay. Then I got uh, my, my next tier would be Idaho at 10, Idaho State at 9, and Northern Arizona at 8. I think all three of those teams would be favored, if not heavily favored, against the bottom three teams. I think that I actually think Idaho State is better than Northern Arizona, but that hasn't been the case because Idaho State's one and five, and Northern Arizona's three and three. Even though I, th- I think that Nor- that Idaho State has better talent, but and Northern Arizona destroyed Idaho State, so yeah, Northern Arizona destroyed Idaho State in in Flagstaff. So that's what exactly the reason I got the Vandals at ten. I actually think talent wise, Idaho should be like seven or eight, but they're not. They're at ten on my list. Because that's what happens when you give up 71 points in a rivalry game. <laughs> I don't really have any justification. I mean, I think I don't. When I watch them, I think that they have a, a good defensive line. I think they have really good linebackers. I think their offensive line is is fine, average to above average. I think they have a couple playmakers on offense. I know their quarterback system has been incredibly in flux, but they continue to be among the most perplexing teams in the league because. When you look at them for the from a man-to-man perspective of who they have on their squad, talent is not their issue in comparison to the, the bottom tier of the league. I think they do have talent issues compared to the top five or six teams in the Big Sky, but they shouldn't be where they're at in the league based on purely talent. I don't understand, though, what the missing link is because a tease for tomorrow, Mike Bresky, former Montana defensive coordinator, current Idaho defensive coordinator, he's coming on the show partly to talk about the matchup between Montana and Idaho this upcoming Saturday in Moscow, and partially to talk about his memories from the 2001 National Championship uh, team that he was a part of. Well, Mike Bresky's a great coach. I've been around Bresky. My brother played for Bresky. Like, Bresky's a really good coach, man. Luther Ellis played in the NFL for, like, my whole life. 
and has been the D-line coach there at Idaho. I know great player does not necessarily mean great coach, but by all accounts, he's a good coach. I mean, he's put multiple guys in the NFL. And Vernon Smith played corner at Montana. He's a good secondary coach. They have good coaches. Like they, uh, we, I know most of the guys on that staff, or at least know guys that know them. And uh, so I don't know. There's definitely a disconnect there at Idaho. Would you disagree with any of that second tier, or I guess uh, second from the bottom tier in the Big Sky? No, and I think that's that's been the story for Idaho. I mean, since they came back into the Big Sky Conference, they've had talent. I mean, like you said, they've had a good defensive line since they came back into the Big Sky Conference. They've had good linebackers. I mean, they had. Uh, Christian Caden Ellis was one Kaden who got Ellis drafted. Still, Chris, Ellis actually, I believe, starts for the Saints right now, or at least gets a lot of minutes. Yeah, Christian Ellis is on a taxi squad somewhere. He's on a practice squad with somebody, so he's in the NFL as well. But they just have never, ever been relevant in the three or four years that they've come back to the Big Sky. There's just something missing there. They found their most relevant moments. When playing Eastern Washington, I think that's why the people at Eastern, uh, the the the, uh, the usual suspects, as it were, uh, probably took great joy in hanging seventy one, because you know in Montana we know all about the the uh, the Vitriol and the Cacris rivalry, but make no mistake, like Eastern Washington hates Montana and Idaho as much as Montana State hates Montana. You know what I mean? Like, they, there's that's a real deal rivalry. Like, Eastern is delighted in beating uh, Idaho and vice versa. I know the Vandals loved beating Eastern the last couple times that they have. So, uh, funny that they're that's a it's a good rivalry in the league, is what I'm saying. All right, my next tier in my Big Sky Conference power rankings includes three teams Portland State, Weber State, and Montana. How did Montana? Get into the same conversation as Portland State, a team that they beat 48-7 to back in the spring. Now, let's be clear. I think if Montana and Portland State played on Saturday, I think Montana would be a, a three-touchdown favorite. But how can you be a three-touchdown favorite if you can't score touchdowns? That's the biggest issue that Montana has right now. Their defense is really good still. I think that their defense is going to have to carry the day, but their offense is not going to have to necessarily win games for them. They're just going to have to... First, not lose games for them. Can't have crucial turnovers in pivotal situations. Can't have crucial penalties that makes you settle for touchdowns instead of field goals. But all that said, I think that Portland State is my number seven team in my power rankings this week. Above all of those bottom-tier teams, because of Davis Alexander, that's it, that's all. Portland State's found a way to win a couple games. They're 3-3. and There's not much for them to play for in terms of national uh, accomplishment, but... They could be competitive in the league, and they could definitely beat some teams in this league, especially if Alexander gets hot. Weber, they're messed up with all their injuries. Their offensive line is not what it's supposed to be because they're so hurt. Bronson Barron, uh, even though he looked sort of healthy, he did not look comfortable last week, the quarterback. Josh Davis is definitely out. I'm not a doctor, but that dude's not coming back anytime soon. That was a bad, bad injury uh, that he suffered against the Cats on, on Friday night. And so Weber, they still have a really good secondary, really good front seven, really good defense. But they have a hard time scoring as well. So it's funny because I think if you if you gave like Montana or uh, Weber, Portland State's offensive skill players, including Davis Alexander, it solves so many of their problems. But that's sort of the dichotomy here. I don't think Portland State's any anything to sniff at it on defense uh, defensively. But Montana and Weber right now have a fundamental issue scoring. Yeah, agreed. I think I would almost have Portland State almost in a tier of their own there, just sitting in the middle of the conference. Seventh alone. Seventh, totally. and that's it. And they're good enough to beat everybody behind them, and 
Man, I don't know if they could beat anybody, any of those top six teams. I mean, maybe Weber, like you said, with how beat up they are right now. So maybe it would be a bad matchup, though, because we Jay Hill would do so many things to bracket Davis Alexander. Their secondary is really good, so they'd be baiting him. He does make mistakes because he is kind of a gunslinger. Yeah, no, you're right. I think Portland State is sort of at a tier by themselves, and then I think that maybe actually then that. Next year is UC Davis, Montana, Weber State all sort of together. I think that's the way that I would go with it. I mean, and I don't even know. I think I would have Sacramento State, Davis, Montana, Weber State, all four together behind right. the top two. And then the top two, I got Montana State at number two and Eastern Washington at number one. If you disagree with that, call us or text us, 406-888-1029. I don't really know how you could. Proof's in the pudding right now. Eastern 7 or no. They got a win over Montana. Montana State's 6-1. and one. They haven't lost to an FCS squad, and they just beat a ranked uh, Weber State team on the road. So uh, that's my top two, Eastern Washington Montana State. I got sack at three. I'm actually double, double. Uh, I'm second-guessing myself here uh, with Davis and Montana because I actually think that... This is the both, one change that I would make, both I think. Have, both have issues, and UC Davis's loss to Idaho State is much worse than Montana's loss, although Montana's loss to Sac State at home does carry some weight. Losing to a one win, I mean, I don't say it's one win. It's over UC Davis. I know it's in Pocatello, but maybe I would flip those. But I do. I think it's. I think it's a clear cut top two. And then I think that. But this is the most interesting part, though, is I think that the big sky is going to get three or four teams in. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, thinks they're going to get five. But the tier that includes Sac State, UC Davis, Montana, and Weber State, that's four teams, I think, for at least two, maybe three spots. So we'll see. But that tier is going to be very important. Duan is now ESPN Radio. We'll take you home here on a Tuesday back after this. At Blackfoot Communications, our mission is to connect people, businesses, and communities to their networks in Montana and beyond. Through Blackfoot sponsorships, local ambassadors, and public programs, we support initiatives such as the Emergency Broadband Benefit, Fiber Deployments, and Community Events. For information on our commitment to improving our communities with fast, reliable, and secure internet access, go to blackfootcommunications.com news. ESPN Radio. Oh yeah, a little more Kanye for you here on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for kicking it. Nuana is now ESPN Radio. This is thing in the show. Ton of talk about the Grizz, the Bobcats, the Big Sky Conference. Actually, not very much talk about the Bobcats because... They're just they're they are exactly what they are. It's a hard team to analyze because they've just been so good. They've just been solid. They've answered the bell. They've answered the question. So we're gonna continue to hash out more about that team and of course Montana and of course the rest of the Big State Conference. Also prep football, Treasure State Stars, some free sandwiches, and of course Johanse Humphrey as part of our Grizz Greats podcast series. All of that from today's Nuanas now can be found on the podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. And Sports Bet Montana. We'll be back at it tomorrow. Mike Bresky, Idaho Defensive Coordinator. Alex Eshelman, Brooks Nuanas, everything in between. We'll see you then. Nuanas now. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. 
There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.